BuzzFeed's Internet Explorer is a podcast that contains adult themes like the bond that's shared between a man who breaks into a stable late at night and gets in there with a horse that he's become romantically linked to and then he he he, he nuzzles close to the horse and then he gets underneath the horse and then he is violently sodomized by the horse and then and then is too embarrassed to tell the doctor about what happened which is a true story and you can watch it just google mr hands and you'll learn all about what happens when a man loves a horse too much my worst opinion <laughs> no uh, i hate this opinion my worst opinion is that having sex with animals isn't that bad <laughs> As long as you're not hurting the animal and the animal isn't distressed or in <laughs> obvious discomfort or unhappy, then I think it's like it's not that bad. I think that it's I would say I don't approve of it, sure, but like realistically we do a lot worse things to animals. Oh my god. Like if you eat meat, then you can't also be saying, I think it's bad to sometimes give a horse a blowjob. That's why, kids, this podcast is for adults only. Hello, welcome to another episode of BuzzFeed's Internet Explorer. I'm Katie Natopoulos. And I'm Ryan Broderick. And if you're wondering why I sound weird right now, it's because I'm in a French Airbnb and apparently... Uh, people ride motorbikes underneath the window of my apartment literally 24 hours a day. Um, France is fucking weird, man. But yeah, we have we have a big episode for you. We we're talking about fake stuff. Speaking of fake stuff, like our friendship, mm-hmm. you're a fake friend, Ryan. This is the time to admit that, like Katie, like I think our audience needs to know that you are a vocoder. You're you're like a hologram. Like you you don't actually exist. I'm like Hatsune Miku. Wait, what's her last name? Hatsune Miku. That's me. I'm just a hologram. We're going to have a awesome guest on, Craig Silverman, who is an editor from BuzzFeed Canada and he is basically like the expert in internet hoaxes. Um he's sort of like the debunker. Um we're going to talk about a couple of these fake news stories that kind of get spread around and never seem to end and what purpose they serve and who is actually creating these. But speaking of fake stuff, speaking of a lot of things that are fake and never die, one of them is Ryan and his obsession with the sodomy horse, uh, which actually is very real. His obsession is real. Yes, Katie, that's right. I am totally, totally obsessed with this really sexy horse from France. Um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to kind of catch people up, basically, uh, there is a cartoon of a horse, but it was like a horse diagram with like all of its bones showing next to like yeah. a man with all of his bones showing, but it sort of looked like the horse was sodomizing the man. Yeah, it was like a textbook diagram. Yeah. And so uh, we sent a reporter, Jules Dominon, and he went and bought the book that the picture is from, and he interviewed all the people involved with the creation of this hilarious picture. And uh, we're going to have him on this week, trying to explain to me what happened here. How did this? How did this sodomizing horse come to life? I can't wait. Before we get into any of that, though, uh, we're going to be doing a thing to our producer that we haven't done in a long time. 
not sodomizing her with a horse, but um, yeah, <laughs> we're, no, we're just gonna sodomize her with a horse. I would uh, say it's pretty equivalent. Yeah, yeah. No. Speaking of also things that are fake and never die, we're bringing back an old segment where we quiz producer Julia about an internet word that she probably doesn't know. Yeah. And then we tell her what it means. Hi guys. Hi Julia. Hi Julia. <laughs> okay. All right. So Ryan, Ryan has the word of the day for you. So this was tweeted at us. At iExplore. Feel free to tweet us whenever you want. So this was sent to us by uh, Twitter user Kevin04, Kevin04, Kevin Donnellan, a trends editor from Storyful. And uh, he told me about a thing called lettuce clubs. So my question for both of you guys is what is a lettuce club? <laughs> so I don't know this either. Um, I have some ideas. I was so excited about this that I've decided that we're going to be doing an episode about this in the future. I am just currently trying to get all of the pieces together to properly explain the phenomenon of a lettuce club. <laughs> lettuce club. I I really like salad. It's summertime in the United States. Mm-hmm. I very much appreciate a good salad experience, eating salad together, bringing t- people together over lettuce. I can see how that is something to celebrate. So maybe it's just maybe it's just a pure celebration of leafy greens and roughage to make you feel healthy. How delightfully naive, Julia. All right. I have a different idea. I think I'm taking the term a little more literally um, club like instead of a group of people. I'm thinking about it like a stick you hit people with. Oh God. So <laughs> what this is, is it, it's a viral vine meme where people stick a head of lettuce, a iceberg lettuce, real like crunchy and crisp um, onto like a, a long stick or something and then they whack their friend with it and the, the head of lettuce explodes. Okay. okay. That's a good metaphor for hanging out with you, Katie. Yeah. Okay. So you guys ready for what lettuce club means? No. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I'm currently trying to talk to people who are involved with this, but basically... A lettuce club is actually pretty close to what Julia said. Yes. A lettuce club is so fucking funny. So it was started um, at a school in like Maine. It was like a mathematics school in Maine. And it's a group of people who got together and they're all, <laughs> they've been doing this since like 2008. <laughs> and it's so incredible. So you have five minutes to eat an entire head of lettuce. <laughs> and the winner, the person who eats the head of lettuce fastest, becomes the leader of the lettuce club and has to organize the lettuce eating competition the next year. Oh, are we, this is are, fantastic. Are we talking like iceberg? Yeah, like a head because of iceberg lettuce. Because the idea of eating an entire head of iceberg lettuce is so disgusting it's, to me. It's so I gross. I mean, is there, any, is there any dressing involved? No. It's just pure iceberg. Sometimes the person I spoke to said that <laughs> occasionally ranch dressing is allowed but usually it's just water and iceberg lettuce, and you have to eat an entire one in under five minutes. No. And the first one to do it becomes no. the uh, uh, no. lettuce club leader. No. <laughs> no. No. Fuck. All right, Julia, thank you for coming on the show. Go back to your pen that we keep you in until it's time to edit this into something usable. <laughs> Bye, guys. Thank you. Bye, Julia. Up next is a thing I recorded at a different time than what I'm doing right now. And thanks to the magic of editing, we're going to play it for you right now. This is me talking to Jules 
about a sexy horse from France. So, I have Jules with me. How are you? I'm good. How would you describe this horse picture? Well, I mean, as soon as you see it, you can't unsee the fact that the horse is fucking a, a small person or a child. <laughs> I don't know. It was a, a book from a very popular series of books in France explaining different subjects in an educational way for children aged between five to eight. So gotcha. very young children. Okay. 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 So you went and you found the book. Yeah. Uh, I stormed into the bookstore. I went, I saw the book, I opened the book and it was opened at the very page of the drawing. It was meant to be. Yeah. And then I went to the cashier. She asked me if it was for a gift. I said, no. (laughs) And like the book is still at our office. Wait, is is the book here? Yeah, the book is here. You want to go grab the book? Can yeah. I take a look? Yeah. Let's take a look at this. So in the context of this book, it doesn't look nearly as weird. So once you got the book, you contacted the publisher. Yeah. And you're sort of just like, what's up with this picture? Yeah, it was the most awkward phone call of my life. <laughs> Especially the publisher was founded by Catholics and still has that kind of Catholic vibe. Okay. So it was even more awkward. I asked her if she knew of it and no no one told them in 25 years oh my God. and the book is sold uh 20 000 times a year so, so it's like a lot hundreds of thousands of people have bought this book and no one has told them that like it's a weird looking book never incredible so you wrote up the post and then i picked it up in english I woke up that morning to a bunch of panicked emails from uh, BuzzFeed's social media team. And apparently what had happened was the English version of Jules's post had been flagged as pornography. The French wasn't, by of, the way. Of course. I mean, Amer- that's American prudishness right there for you. Um, and it basically went completely berserk on Facebook. And one of our social media editors was banned for 24 hours for posting the English version of your article on the main BuzzFeed Facebook page. What was the French sort of reaction to all of this? I mean, it was really divided between people who like horses and people who (laughs) don't care about horses. (laughs) People who like horses uh, were really pissed that we we saw something so gross in such an innocent picture. Like, I I have to, like, keep... Reminding the audience who might not have seen this picture, it looks like the horse is fucking this guy. Yeah, it does. Like, there's no way you can see anything else in this picture. Like, I'm sorry, horse lover or not. I mean, horse horse people are weird. Well, I want to thank you for coming on the show, talking to us about this horse. You know, do you think people listening, what should they take away from this whole journey? You know, I think that American people should should calm down and <laughs> horse people should calm down. <laughs> I mean, I also see it as an innocent horse picture and it's just funny. Right. And like, don't get pissed about it. Um, all right. Well, thank you for coming on the show, talking well about done. horse people. If you're a horse person listening to this and you were offended in any way, please email internetexplorerbuzzfeed.com. Try to, try to make your case. Why aren't you a weirdo? Prove it. Prove you're not a weirdo. Let's see what happens.
So uh, with us today, we have the founding editor of BuzzFeed Canada, Craig Silverman. Craig, how you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? We're 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 very well. Um... We're very well. So we're talking we're talking with you today, Craig, about fake stuff. I feel like fake stuff on the internet has always been around, but I feel like more so than ever, especially with Facebook. It's in everyone's fucking eyes. Like you just can't get away from fake stuff all over the internet. And you're sort of an expert at hunting down a hoax and figuring out where it came from and why. The fake stuff is does seem like it's everywhere. I think one of the reasons why is, as you say, Facebook is connecting a huge amount of people. And so people are sharing stuff there. I think the other reason is that there is a financial motive for people to create and spread hoaxes. If they run a website with lots of really good hoaxes that people will share, then the traffic comes back to them and they earn money from the ads. And so I think that's why we're seeing like there's a fake news industry that has emerged over recent years. So the people know sort of what we're talking about when we say fake news news. Um, I think a really good example uh, is something that was so good and juicy, it actually fooled one of our extremely smart and worldly editors, Tom Guerra, who's our <laughs> business editor. He sent us this link saying, oh, this story looks great. You guys should do this on Internet Explorer. And it was like kind of clearly fake, I think. <laughs> the story was that uh, there is a family in Singapore that their family tradition is to have the entire family gather around to watch the son have sex for the first time. Now, mind you, before we get into anything, that is what my family right. does. Like, that is a normal thing for the Broderick's, right. but not for most and people. And they uh, hope one day Ryan will have sex. He has not yet, <laughs> but they are preparing for that. One day. And it came with, it was from some <laughs> website. There was something like the East Asia Express. Um, and you're like, oh, maybe I've just never heard of this site because it's from another country. And it was, they had a photograph of, you know, a sort of middle-aged woman watching a young man and a young woman have sex in what looked like an apartment. <laughs> and I saw this and I, you know, I forwarded it on to Craig because I was like, Craig, this, this is fake, right? This has got to be fake. There, there, sometimes the story is too good to be true. And you were like, this is definitely fake. And not only that, it has been going around the Internet in various forms for like six months or something. Yeah, even like that picture has been a meme on uh, Chinese social media sites since at least 2013. So there's been a, a like a good three years in those ones, in those posts on, on different sort of Chinese sites. They're claiming that, you know, it's family members watching two newlyweds have sex. And again, it's like it's a family tradition. And it looks like when you go to it and at first glance, it looks like any kind of news site because it's so easy to get, you know, a template, a WordPress template or whatever, just throw it up and things can look reasonably professional. Um, and, uh, and the other thing that they did, which is a tactic that I'm seeing more and more of, I call it like the local viral strategy, where they didn't just do the Singapore family tradition. They actually said, oh, a family in Toronto has a tradition. And they did several versions of this same hoax story you know, to appeal to people, whether it's in Toronto or Singapore, because we like, you know, proximity is something that will will get us interested. So if it's like something happening in our town, we're like, oh, my God, this is crazy. And they totally are playing on that. Right. And, and it turned out the photo that had been the meme is actually from a pornography video. 
Yeah. Uh, so if you, you know, one of the great tools for kind of figuring stuff out online, especially for images, is called reverse image search. So you can see where else online that image has been. And that was one easy way for me to see, wait a second, this isn't a new image. It's been circulating for years. So there was actually a site in Singapore that had also seen this going around because obviously folks in Singapore were pretty likely to share it. And they, they said, they made a reference to a Chinese softcore porn from 2012 called Do West Our sex journey. I'm familiar. <laughs> you know, which, which is a very famous softcore porn film we're all familiar with. Uh, and, and they said it was from that. But they didn't actually, you know, they didn't provide the proof of it. And so I did the duty of finding this film and searching for stills. <laughs> I actually, ah, yes. I had, I had to get up in our office and just sort of announce to everyone, listen, guys, I'm going to be watching porn for the next 45 minutes, and here's why. <laughs> just to, <laughs> you know, uh, just, just the regular day at BuzzFeed, and so I, I ended up finding um, some stills online. The, clearly, the actors were the same, and then there were some stills that showed the room um, that this photo had come from. So that pretty much proved that, yes, this was, you know, an image from a softcore porn film. It's sort of been spreading online for a few years in different contexts, and then the East Asia Tribune really um, hit what seems to be a home run with this fake story, and it turns out, no, it is, it is complete and total bullshit. I feel like the, the the Singapore guy having sex while his family watched is like part of like a larger genre of like fake stuff that like it reportedly happened in like, you know, Singapore or China or some Asian country. And it's such a weird genre of hoaxes that comes around a lot. What do you think causes that? Is it literally just racism or is it, you know, is it the way that like uh, closed networks like Weibo or Weibo uh, connect with the rest of the world and they just like pump out these contextless images? Like what what do you think like makes that happen so often? I mean, I think I think there is a conscious strategy by some people who are hunting for, you know, whether it's stories to sell or, you know, hoaxes to push. If you go, you know, far away from your target market, if you're hoping to sell to people in the UK or you're hoping to fool people in the UK or North America, for you to pull stuff from China, from places that, you know, the culture is different, the language is different, people can't really check it for themselves very easily, like that's, it's probably a better strategy for them. And I do think that a lot of these hoaxes, they often play into stereotypes, stereotypes that Westerners, you know, perceptions we have about people from different cultures and different parts of the world. And nobody loves something more than something that confirms um, a belief they have, a preconceived notion they have, and that will trigger sharing as well. So if we read something that aligns with our views, whether they're political or something else, or we see a really crazy story about a part of the world that we already may have some preconceived notions about and it confirms them, well, we're, you know, our skepticism just starts to recede and we will believe it and we will often share it as well. So, Craig, you've recently seen this proliferation of anti-trans hoaxes, right? Yeah, there's it, basically once North Carolina passed its anti-trans bathroom law, what I started to see was more and more fake news websites putting out stories about, you know, transgender people being killed in bathrooms, transgender people harassing other people in bathrooms, completely made up stuff 
And, and the reason why they suddenly started doing it is, of course, this suddenly became a, a huge national issue in the United States. So they figured, well, there's you know, people on two sides of this issue. If we can play to you know, the people who have anti-trans beliefs who are really pro for this bathroom law, then they're probably going to share it. And that, that's what's been happening. I mean, I've seen, like I say, you know, some of the stories, one headline from one fake news site was, you know, transgender woman shot to death in department store restroom. And in a lot of these scenarios, they portray them as, you know, a trans woman walking into uh, a woman's washroom and harassing other women in there, which is exactly what a lot of the folks who support this law think is going to happen, even though it, you know, I haven't seen any actual real stories of that happening. This couples into it a belief that probably a lot of people, you know, there's a Venn diagram of the people who are afraid of the trans bathroom laws and also are in support of conceal and carry laws. So this is the idea that this vulnerable woman just happens to be carrying a concealed weapon with her while she's doing her shopping at a department store. And then that weapon saves her life because some evil trans person is trying to attack her. It hits two hot button issues at once. It hits uh, LGBT rights and gun control issues all in one fake story. That's it. I mean, it totally put those two things together. Yeah. yeah. So I'm sort of, I sort of have the theory that nothing on the internet is particularly new. Like it's all sort of just amplifying and tracking stuff that's been happening probably forever. And, you know, making up partisan bullshit and then sharing it is like pretty old. But I do feel like bad trends like hoaxes do kind of ebb and flow. And I wanted to pick your brain about why you think they're so huge right now. Is it just as simple as like Facebook doesn't have good gatekeeping or is it a cultural thing like the election cycle in the US? In your experience, why do they sort of uh, increase or decrease? And there's there's probably a, a few factors that come into place. So, I mean, one is like we do have this amazing network with Facebook where, where stuff can get out there. But I think you also like it's kind of an accelerant for rumors and for misinformation. But you also kind of need something to light the match. And I think when you have an extremely polarizing election like going, is going on in the U.S., that's something that's going to kind of set it aflame. Um, there's also a financial incentive for some some people who run sites to push this out there. And so you've got a few factors that that put it all together but like to your point that nothing on the internet is new you know this this all comes from human behavior if you're confronted with information that conflicts about something you have as a deeply held view you don't sort of sit there and say oh let me consider that you actually double down on your belief and so you know this is this is all just coming from the way we are uh, it's coming from human behavior it's coming from the way our brains work but we have all of these factors like the internet and facebook and the election that sort of come together to set this stuff off gotcha so craig you do quizzes on buzzfeed sort of asking people you know is this real is this fake and we wanted you to administer one to me and katie to see if we could figure out um, if we can smell a big pile of duty. Okay, you guys. So your your jobs are on the line here. Uh, I want I want perfect scores from each of you, or I'm reporting you <laughs> into BuzzFeed HR. Oh god. And uh, so, so all right. So let's let's get started here with the most recent one. So the first one um, it has a picture of of three guys in front of sort of you know a cement kind of building or structure with some graffiti on it. A couple of them have their shirts off, and uh, and it's actually a Snapchat. And the text on it says, ended up in Syria. And so the story here is that a group of British men accidentally boarded the wrong boat in Cyprus and ended up in Syria. 
Is that true or is that false? I'm going to go first. So while on one hand, I do believe in the limitless destructive capability of three drunk British Mm, men. True. It's it's staggering what those people do when you give them alcohol. (laughs) I'm going to say false because I feel like if that had happened, it would have been a humongous international incident and they would probably be dead. Also, I doubt Snapchat works in Syria. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to bet against Ryan on this one. That's probably fair. You probably should. I'm going to say true. All right. So, uh, so it was wrong to bet against Ryan on this one. <laughs> He's correct. This is false. Um, These were, you know, they're just a few British lads who decided to make this up. And uh, Uh. and they they now they did fool a bunch of people. They fooled like the Daily Mirror in the UK. It got written up. Mail Online wrote it up. Tons of places wrote it up. But if you went to one of the guy's Facebook page um, where he had shared a photo of it, you could see a comment from him saying, ha ha ha, what a prank. And so they they just made it up. Uh. Lads and their banter. Ah. Don't underestimate them. All right, so the next question here, um, we've got a a picture of a a goalkeeper on a, I'll say football field, since since Ryan's in in Europe right now rather than Mm -hmm. soccer. Um, So the story is that an Iranian footballer was suspended from the country's national team after he wore a pair of SpongeBob pants. Is that true or is that false? You know... I feel like I know that uh, a lot of American sports leagues have strict rules about what their uh, players, you know, can wear to the stadium. So if he was wearing the SpongeBob pants around the stadium or, you know, with his shirt or something, I think he might have got suspended. I'm going to go true. I'm going to go true as well because Iran is probably not cool with like LGBT friendly shows and everyone knows SpongeBob is gay. So, yeah, I'm going to say true. I guess whether SpongeBob is gay or straight is like another question we can do another time. <laughs> so, <laughs> congratulations, you're both correct. Hey! It's true. Yay! So, there's a, a real guy, goalkeeper Sosha Makani. He was suspended for six months. He wore a pair of really beautiful yellow pants. Um, and the morality committee that oversees Iranian soccer uh, deemed it to be inappropriate conduct. So, he is, he is serving a six month suspension right now. Ay, ay, ay. Wow. All right, one more for us. One, one more. Okay, so now ima- imagine this. This is very important to picture this in, in your minds. There's a, a photo of a seagull. It is a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful shade of orange. And the okay. question is, is that seagull this beautiful shade of orange because it fell into a vat of chicken tikka masala? This was one of these things where I kept seeing people talk about it and yet never actually clicked a link to find out what the full story was. So I am now mystified if this is actually true or not. I mean, the way people were talking about it, it could have been fake, could have been a hoax. I also saw a sort of like round two version of it where people showed a picture of Donald Trump and they said this politician has fallen into a vat of chicken tikka masala uh, because, you know, he has such an orange glow to him. So there was, you know, people were already sort of playing on the fakeness of it. So I'm going to guess fake. Okay, I'm going to say true because after a year and a half in England, I know my insanely bizarre British local news stories in and out. And there's one thing that British people don't joke about, and that's chicken tikka masala (laughs) because it's like literally the only thing they eat. So I'm going to say it is true. And... Ryan is correct. Oh. Yes. 
Yes, British people take curry so seriously. Wow. It is a thing. It, the the fact that that seagull wasted so much curry is definitely a national news story <laughs> in England. <laughs> um, well, Ryan is the big winner here. He got all three correct. I only got one correct. I'm humiliated. I'm defeated. <laughs> um, but more than anything, Craig, I am grateful to you for yes. showing me the error of my ways. Um, and realizing that I need to set some priorities in my life about reevaluating everything. <laughs> you feeling as awful as you do as a Canadian, I feel bad about that. But hopefully this is a lesson for everyone. Craig, would you come on the show again and, and completely own Katie? Well, I mean, when you put it like that, I guess you can't really say no. Uh, <laughs> I'll I'll be back yeah. <laughs> with another quiz at a at a date to be determined. Craig, thank you so much. Um, you know, we'll see you on the internet. All right, thanks, guys. This is a great episode this week. Uh, thank you to Craig and Jules to come coming on, talking about weird stuff with us. Um, if our producer Julia was a fake thing, she would be. Oh, the Montauk monster, that like disgusting garbage corpse that like washed ashore a couple years ago that looked looked like a mix of like a pig and like a like a goat and like a like a like a monkey. Yeah, definitely. Um, if uh, if Meg Kramer was a fake thing, she would be uh, the chupacabra because maybe it's real. Yes, Eleanor Kagan. If she was a fake thing, she would be. Uh, oh. The Bermuda Triangle, because it's like this swirling vortex where, like, you know, like it just sucks you in and then you die. Right. And if our, uh, if the engineer at Argo Studios today, Noriko, was a fake thing, she would be the belief that our president is not a reptilian. That's right. Because he definitely is. And you can also download Ryan's ebook about the. <laughs> That's right. Um, about it. Well, no, I have exciting news about that. It's now a stage play. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, that the Lynn Manuel guy from Hamilton is helping me turn it into a stage play. Uh, yeah, it's about how Obama is a reptilian, but also he like raps. Definitely check that out uh, at a black box theater near you. Mm-hmm. Ryan's one man show. Yeah, yeah. I play I play all of the politicians <laughs> as reptilians. Now a one man show. Yeah. Um, that's great. Um, thanks everyone for listening, uh, and we'll see you next week. This show's about to get super polite, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Guess what happens when three coworkers get together in one podcast yeah. and things start getting polite? <laughs> uh, the first uh, YouTube video to be suggested to people who had read this article was also educational in some way. I mean, I learned a lot, yeah. Yeah. It was uh, to learn to wash off smegma out of a whole stick. <laughs> yes, which is, you know, also the name of Katie's memoir, I should, I should say. <laughs> Washing smegma out of horse stick.